You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Hot Mustard. Okay, I like that on a sandwich. And welcome to Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we watch some of your favorite 90s movies, and then we rip them apart and chew, and chew them out and spit them out. So now we're eating the glasses at this point. Yeah, no. So we were just taking them off glasses the face. And okay. we're taking them off your face, and we're putting them in our mouths and chewing them and spitting them out. I'm not doing that. That, that doesn't seem healthy. All right, well, whatever. Either, either way, we're traveling back to the pre-Blackfish days of 1993. 1993. Free William. Oh, my God. A.K.A. Free Willy. Can you imagine if it's the first name of the orca was William? That'd be awesome. <laughs> That's a movie I want to see. Either way, the family adventure drama... Free Willy. Now, this is a film that, out of all of the films we've done so far, I felt the most nostalgia watching this one. I gotta say, I hadn't seen Free Willy for... God, it's years, years and years and years. But it was a movie. I had all three of them, and I think I mentioned this in the last show. I had all three of the Free Willy movies, and just watching this movie like brought back so many memories, and I felt like a kid again. Yep, yep. And, uh, I mean, we'll get into a little bit of, of the plot, but just the, that opening number, the opening shots, really took me back home to the VHS days of oh, my yeah. youth. Uh, but man, Free Willy, so let's get into it. It's directed by Simon Winsor, who went on to do almost nothing else. Uh, he did a movie called Operation Dumbo Drop with an elephant. I don't know if you remember that from like 95. And he also did no. uh, Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Oh, in God. Los Angeles, yeah. The best, some would say the best Crocodile <laughs> No one has Dundee. said that. No one has said that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, directed by Simon Winsor. It's got a 5.9 on IMDb and a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. So mixed to positive, mixed to negative, just middle down the road for most people. Yeah, that's not bad. And we'll talk about when what we think it's worth uh, talking about. I just want to start out, though, with some good news. And this is actually something I haven't told you yet. Uh, the network has dropped their lawsuit. Really? And has signed us again. We're back on the network, everybody. Just want to thank everybody for uh, listening and subscribing. And uh, we're really excited about this episode. So let's just get right into it. Free Willy. So at $20 million budget, it made $153 million worldwide. This was a pretty big hit. I think it made like 70-something million um, in the U.S., but 153 worldwide. Wound up, wound up spawning three sequels, okay, mm-hmm. and a video game companion. I don't know what this game is like, Wait, but I was want to play. I, do, I don't know. All I know is that it had a video game companion as well released. Interesting. I remember uh, the third Free Willy came with this little clay orca necklace that he gets in the second movie. Yep. And I had it. Uh, Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home, I remember, deals with oil spills. Yep. The third one, the, uh, titled The Rescue, I think has something to do with whale hunters for the most part. I mean, they kind of all do, but that one, I think, centers on that. And then the fourth one actually stars Steve Irwin's daughter. It's called Escape from Pirate's Cove. I have not seen it. I had no idea there was a fourth <laughs> it, it exists. Willy. It's out there. Uh, but what I'll say is, while the later films get really uh, environmentally f- friendly, or at least their messages about, you know, conservationism and, and helping the planet... The first film, when you break it down, really has nothing to do with what you expect Free Willy to be about. You expect Free Willy to be about people freeing this whale from a SeaWorld theme park because it's wrong to have whales, you know, uh, to be viewed for human entertainment. And that was one of the first things I noticed when the film had finally ended, was that in this post-Blackfish age, you think that this movie is going to be about we shouldn't be keeping whales in captivity. That is not at all the tone of this movie. No. 
and it's it's confusing and uh, obviously the next two or i guess three movies sort of take that approach but this one really doesn't have that sort of like we need to rescue the whales feel it's got an entirely different story so why don't we just uh Go ahead and start talking about that. So let's jump into it. We're, we're, we set off with this Discovery Channel-esque beauty shots of whales jumping. It's a legit five-minute opening sequence of just really well-photographed orca whales in in, uh, in the wild. We actually did timestamp it. It was two and a half minutes of just It's a highlight reel of whales yeah. leaping, dude, but it is breathtaking. If Michael Jordan was in it... <laughs> We're back at Space Jam. No, but for you, like how you said in that episode, you could watch a highlight reel of Michael Jordan doing this. Dude, I was obsessed with Killer Whales as a kid for whatever reason. I don't know why. I think it's just their majestic qualities, uh, you know, the unknown. uh, They're very just majestic creatures. You know, there was where I grew up uh, a marine land in Ontario, not very far from where I lived as a kid. And we used to go see the orcas there. And so I was obsessed with orcas from free willy and then i would go up to marine land and see the whales so this was and even today it's still something that i just i didn't care that it was two and a half minutes long i had no problem staring at the whales dude and the music the music in this movie is so good yeah we're gonna get into a track that comes in a little later by sir michael jackson Mm -hmm. but wow anyway so then after this we then cut to whale hunters okay they've got a a family a pod of orcas if you will uh kind of closing in on them one of them our hero of the film willie uh portrayed by keiko the killer whale uh probably the second famous behind shamu uh killer Mm -hmm. whale ever um in captivity rather and Keiko, or Free Willy, <laughs> like his first name is his Free, name last is name Willy, I apologize, Willy, yeah. okay? Willy gets, he's kind of dumb, okay? He gets stuck in the nets and uh, pretty much taken back to this aquatic center. And uh, one of the things that we notice, it kind of transitions pretty seamlessly from the whale shots to uh, Willy getting kidnapped. But one of the things we noticed immediately is that it's very obvious when they're just using generic whale shots and when there's a puppet. Yeah, so I so I did a little research, and apparently about half of the shots in the film utilize an animatronic. Most close-up shots, anytime you see Willie like op- swimming in open water, it's like just you see the fin, that's all. Because mm-hmm. you can't train really an orca whale where to swim. However, there are shots of Keiko, you know, in the... Uh, the enclosure later on, but most of the shots here, animatronic whales. I'd imagine a lot of the tricks that he does is probably all Him. the real way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, you can't make an animatronic do that. But uh, here, I was hoping for subtitles because these whales are t- yapping a bunch, dude. <laughs> they're just constantly making sounds underwater to each other that, you know, you're supposed to believe they're communicating and whatnot. Which we know from a lot of uh, scientific research that whales do have a means of communication um but it's obviously (laughs) it's a little embellished in this movie and i think that's probably a uh kind way of putting it i love the circle title by the way Uh, that's that's one of the things (laughs) i was just about to mention so uh after willie is captured and then we get the long like That's exactly what you want to hear on a podcast, by the way. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, The title sequence looks like it was made in um, word art. Yep. It literally (laughs) looks like a little clip art thing that you use in Microsoft Word. And it's just like this circle with like these block letters that just says free willy. (laughs) And here we go. We're introduced to street urchin Jesse. Oh, 
This kid's got a checkered past. He's portrayed by Jason James Richter. I believe this is his film debut. And what a little shit, dude. This is a class A jabroni. Oh my god, he's such a jabroni. We, I was telling you that we should have a sort of side episode, the tournament of terrible male <laughs> child protagonists. Um, because I gotta say, so far my least favorite has been Peter from Jumanji. I don't think so. And I think he's been dethroned by Jesse. Dude, oh, man, again, it's not a comparison which film I think is the better film. But I will say that Jesse is an in, he is an insufferable little asshole he's in this the movie. Worst. So he's a street urchin. He lives on the street. His mother, uh, we find out later on, abandoned him pretty much at a pretty young at a pretty young age. And he has been tagging. He steals food. They steal this cake, this sheet of cake, and then it's just these filthy, disgusting street kids eating cake at a skate park. And it's like they they're just eating it with their hands, and they've made these perfect little. That was one thing I remember noticing even as a kid was that these. This cake, even though they're eating it with their hands, is it cut into like perfect squares. It's gross, but it's either way, it's one gross. One kid's eating hands... it with ketchup. <laughs> yeah, one kid's eating it with ketchup, but they all have like oil and grease on their hands. Whatever. Uh, the cops wind up like chasing them down. Two of them wind up getting separated from their little gang, essentially, mm-hmm. and they wind up at this park. And it's an it's an aquarium, or so it's a fair. It's a fair in Washington. Um, that also happens to have like kind of a Sea World aquatic show with uh, sea lions and now a whale because we f- come to find out that they've captured Willie and that's where Willie ended up going and they paid a lot of money for Willie. Um, so they're down in the observatory tank where they can look at the whale and they can look at the animals swimming in the water. And Jesse and his friend, for literally no reason, they've just outran the cops, but for no reason, start spray painting the tank. They're straight up tagging this tank, dude. It's pouring out now. It's dark. And uh, we get this little horror scene, essentially, because I remember it as a kid, this scene used to freak me the hell out because it's all in dark except for this blue bright light of the tank and the lightning's flashing and you see this whale it's Light, a jump scare. Lightning jump comes scare. out of nowhere, by the way. It's not raining in the scene <laughs> When they're before. running, I know before. It yeah. just starts, like, the lightning just starts. But the cops catch him. They pretty much Rodney King him on a stadium chair, on a stadium seating anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's yeah, very They beat the abusive. shit out of him. Yeah, they wouldn't do that today. <laughs> anyway, then we're introduced to Dwight, who's portrayed by McKelty Williamson, a.k.a. Bubba Gump from Shrimp. And we... <laughs> Bubba Gump from Shrimp. <laughs> Holy shit, you Bubba try that one again? from Forrest Gump. You know, he was into shrimp, dude. So many words going through my head. <laughs> so McKelty Williamson, yeah, he plays Dwight, and he's basically his case manager, I guess, uh, social services. He's tri- been trying to find him a home, um, and I guess he's been in and out of foster homes for a couple years now. He's about 12 years old at this point, and he wants to put him in this new house with the parents portrayed by Michael Madsen and, uh, what is her name, Jane Atkinson, I believe, from House of Cards. Jane Atkinson, who's now in House of Cards. She plays Secretary Durant in House of cards so they play glenn and annie and they're two very kind gentle 90s parents who just want to have a nice kid so they put up their home i guess for jesse and decide that they want him to to live there for a little bit Mm -hmm. and as punishment for spray painting and getting caught he now has to work a little bit of community service at the fair that he spray painted i think it's an amusement park dude an amusement park? All right, we'll go with that. It doesn't really matter because it doesn't go much farther than just the whale tank. Literally literally nothing else but this whale tank. I think that's all, that the whole place runs on this, I guess. Yeah, apparently, because it's, it's a big, huge moneymaker. But so he has to pay penance, um, which is essentially just cleaning. And as he's 
uh, cleaning the spray paint, he notices that the whale keeps coming up to him, and he's you know he's fascinated by the whale as any boy would be, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, to avoid Juvie Hall, he's got a clean the tank but he he there's a calling inside him something connects him to willie and he's and like i said when we talk about him being uh, an annoying little dick like we haven't talked about how his interactions with these people so far glenn and annie the glenwoods who uh, michael madsen by the way this is pre-reservoir dog so it's very strange to see him in like a family right. <laughs> like light-hearted film but he still is just he you could tell he wants to beat the shit out of the kid every line of dialogue this kid gives to michael madsen you it, it does not remove the smirk from his Space. It's just conflicting. It's bad. <laughs> and this goddamn harmonica that this kid is sucking on throughout this movie, it's... <laughs> it's so this kid pulls out this gross freaking harmonica, and the whale, for whatever reason, responds to it. He only plays like three notes, and he does it very poorly, but the whale... I don't know why, responds to it. Well, so we're introduced to Randolph first, who I, th- I believe runs maintenance for the, oh, for yeah. this park. By the way, it's called the Northwest Adventure Park. Okay, so he runs the maintenance, and we're also in- introduced to Lori Petty. Her character's name is Ray, and she is, yes, Willie's handler. Now, we haven't mentioned also that Jesse is terrible at removing graffiti. Nothing's <laughs> getting taken off. Like, every scrub, he does not remove a single ounce of paint. He's clearly just going to have to paint it over. I don't know why he's bothered scrubbing it. But so... Um, the whale handler tells Jesse uh, a little bit about Willie's past, that he hasn't really been receptive to any sort of training. He gets really aggressive around people. And so it's just strange that he would be responding to Jesse at all. And that's, Brandon, when you start to make the connection of, oh, my God, Willie and Jesse are are the same. They're the same person. They're the same person. Because Jesse whale. hasn't seen his mother for six years, which makes him six years old, I guess, by the last time he's seen his mother. And Willie, I don't know how long it's passed since he was taken from his parents, but we're later revealed that the parents are actually just chilling right outside the park, pretty much, in the, in the cove there, and they can communicate with him at night through cries. Mm-hmm. But Willie is also 7,000 pounds. 7,000 pounds, it's mentioned, and I write that down because he's later just towed by a regular old truck. (laughs) Regardless, whatever. So now we get a little bit more of Jesse's home life. Michael Madsen wants to play catch with the kid. I want to stick him with Michael Madsen really quick. When he's talking to the caseworker about Jesse coming in and the caseworker's like, uh, Dwight is telling him oh you know uh, this this will be a good place for him i think you guys will really reach to him and michael responds this isn't a purchase yet it's a lease referring to jesse yeah like you get like he's got a like he's got him on layaway or that he, he's got a return slip that he can bring him back to yeah. if it sucks which again <laughs> kind of you do with adoptive kids that's the cool people adopt if you can yeah but uh this whole thing with jesse and his new foster parents uh it's surprisingly emotional Dude, it's really deep, I guess, for a kid's film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gives him a curfew, 7 p.m. You got to be back here. He gives him an allowance. The kid robs him pretty much of some 10 bucks. Back in the day, 90s, 90s dollars, dude, dude. 10 bucks a week. Not just 10 bucks like that kid's living once in a while. That's 10 bucks a week. You know what I could have done with 10 bucks a week in the 90s? Holy shit. Drugs. <laughs> Jesse, uh, 
is given that 7 p.m. curfew, naturally sneaks out of He's going to break it. Night. So he sneaks out, yeah, the first night. Goes back to Willie and starts playing that harmonica. And this is when he realizes, hey, uh, Willie's responding to this. He hear, He's startled by someone turning on the lights. It's Randolph. He slips, smashes his head off the side of the pool, and falls in. It's the most violent, aggressive <laughs> slip. And he's out cold. Like it, it doesn't look like he really hits his head that hard. But um, he falls in the water, and then he's just floating there, like, yep. like he's dead. And Willie uh, nudges him to safety, nudges him back out of the water and onto the uh, the safety of the siding of the pool, um, and saves his life. So Randolph takes Jesse back home after they've all marveled at the fact that Willie just saved a kid because that's really not in the nature of a whale, especially an aggressive whale like Willie. Um, he takes Jesse back to the home. And that's where they start talking about, hey, like, Jesse's been doing some good work, and he seems to really like it at this place. Maybe he can just work here during the summer. Yeah, so he becomes, like, a part-time employee, and he starts teaching Willie some tricks. They start bonding, and he realizes that he can actually, you know, teach him a little bit. And this is about in the movie where I realize we have another 40 minutes or so before really... Zach, anything happens in this movie. This is one of the most uneventful films I think I've ever seen. It feels so hollow because there's a lot of buildup in the beginning and a lot of character development and learning who these characters are. And then it just kind of plateaus for a little bit. There's really no building to anything. Jesse just kind of starts working with uh, Willie. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, they do that for, for a long time. And... You know, they're also throwing in a lot of random whale facts or something. You know, he'll go help cut up fish and they'll just be spouting off like all these facts about orcas. They're like, oh, you know, like uh, their fins tend to curl when they're in captivity and they just keep going on and on and on. It starts to feel a little bit more like a nature documentary. Yep. Then we get the business suits, the guys who run the uh, amusement park. And they're kind of sick of, you know, they're not getting a return on. Dude, it's ROI. You got to make your dollar signs. Okay. Right. So the whale's not doing it. Whale's not doing a lot of tricks so they're hoping that with this once they see this kind of uh i guess it's like a demo of what the kid can do with willie they say shit man let's try to make this a centerpiece and let's let's do a grand reopening type deal with willie's willie show the willie show which sounds you know a bit a bit perverted and uh you you know that this guy is a villain and he's a bad rich fat cat because he drives a convertible and owns a suit. He also has the exact line, oh, God, I hate that whale. And you know what? God, You'll hear that I later on. That You'll hear that later on. <laughs> so uh, on the day of their first pretty much performance, uh, Willie basically says, uh, gives a big fuck you to everyone in the audience, including Jesse, by being like uh, an uncooperative little dick yep and he makes jesse look bad because jesse has been training with this whale that apparently nobody else uh can even get near and the weird thing is is this comes before all these scenes of him really bonding there's a lot of weird tongue petting he goes to the fish market starts stealing fish eventually winds up paying the guy back but there's a whole scene where he's robbing the fish market of all these giant fish that he feeds willie yeah like really expensive fish and this is what kind of frustrates me about this movie a little bit is every time someone turns a corner they just kind of take a step back in character progression and learning about themselves. That's and the thing. Things. Yeah, it's like once you think, all right, maybe he's learning his lesson, he goes right back to stealing again. And you're like, you son of a bitch. He steals like a $100 fish. <laughs> it's a massive fish. <laughs> but uh, 
So yeah, there's, this is this comes after this montage of them getting closer, their 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 friendship bond strengthening. So it's it, it hurts Will, it hurts Jesse when Willie you know disobeys him and and kind of just makes him a, look like a fool in front of all these people. And nat you know naturally Jesse being the young person that he is and the troubled person that he is he runs off cries um, like a little bitch cries like a little bitch and yeah he runs off he starts like kicking and you know he's uh, kicking that little basket out there and he starts talking about his mom once again and he's still holding out that one day his mom is going to come get him and that's when he has to get a little bit of hard love saying Look, bud, your mom's not coming back. Yep. Like, you have to get over it. You're, what, 12, 14 years old? Yeah. Like, it's time to start moving on a little bit. So, uh, Jesse starts breaking some rules again. Now, we failed to mention, once he was in the park, the reason that Willie decides not to participate in this little show is all of these noisy asshole kids downstairs in this observatory where you can see the tank banging on the glass. The park is packed, and he legit starts having, like, PTSD flashbacks of of something, and he freaks the fuck out. Yeah, which, this is why they tell you not to bang on the glass in a zoo or in an aquarium and for some reason this aquarium doesn't have it there's also a chaperone there because it's a bunch of little kids like on a field trip and the chaperone's like doing a thing banging on the glass kids not a problem and like the whale is clearly freaking out (laughs) and you can hear it through the water and the glass and the steel of this aquarium and so he ends up like charging at the glass (laughs) or tries smashing through the glass to kill probably presumably kill all these kids and he winds up damaging Damaging the tank. There's a leak in the tank now. And that kind of gives the villains an idea because they're getting tired of Willie. They need a return on the investment. Turns out he took out insurance on the whale's life. Yeah, Willie is worth one million buckaroonies. I don't understand it, but I don't have to. Dude, if that was the case, just walk out there with a fucking gun and put a bullet in this orca's head. But so they've clearly got an idea now to ruin the tank, and that'll happen a little bit later, but you can tell that's kind of where they're going. They're about to just collect the insurance money. They're tired of Willie. He's he's made everybody look like a fool. He's a damn whale. We can't stand for it. We have to kill Willie. So this is when Jesse plans to run away, basically. He throws this baseball that's been given to him by the family. Uh, you wonder what's in this package the entire film. That's the only thing I'm thinking of, honestly, what's in that package. It's a baseball. He throws it out the window. He's thrown the baseball out the window that you were wondering what this was the entire time. And the foster parents are starting to argue because Jesse's not learning. Um, They've been arguing ever since, you know, disagreements over Jesse. He's been ruining their lives. He has. But that's when Jesse decides... uh to open up, really. They so, have this open up, this this heart-to-heart, and it seems like their beefs are squashed. They finally are starting to become a real genuine family, and it's a very nice touching moment. So that's when Jesse sneaks out again, because what do you do after you've just uh, made amends? You break the rules almost immediately. <laughs> Jesse gets there. And he's mad at Willie. He's, you know, Willie's trying to be like, hey, we're still buddies, but he's a whale. He doesn't understand Jesse's mad at him. But that's when he hears more whale calling out in the bay. It's haunting. He goes up and he sees in the dark, I don't know how he sees him, but he sees this giant, uh, what are they called? A pack of whales? I think it's a pod of orcas. Oh, a pod pod of of orcas. orcas. Excuse me. Um, He sees a pod of orcas and he's like, is that your family? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, 
but he's not like hit with the realization that Willie misses his family, but he sees something going on down in the observatory deck and he goes downstairs and he sees the owner of the parks or the owners of the park dismantling the tank and causing it to leak. Yeah, faster than it was originally, because originally it was just like a, a little screw with a little tiny pinhole of water coming out. Now they're like hacking into it to try to, you know, you know quicken the, the flooding so that they can come back the next day and hopefully the whale will be dead at that point. So he decides to go get Randolph and he tells Randolph what's going on and that's when he gets the idea, hey, let's free Willie. Yeah, so it has nothing to do with, oh, man, like, viewing whales is weird, and maybe they shouldn't be... And, you know, this is literally causing him psychological damage being in this tank. And this is what upsets me a little bit about this movie, and it's weird because we mentioned it at the beginning. It kind of sets the tone for this sort of uh, conservationalism, but that's not why they free Willie. They free Willie because the whale is dying or will be dead and that i guess is motivation enough but at no point do any of these characters think well it's wrong that we're keeping willie here yeah so they steal glenn's truck and they wind up bringing it back to the park they use some equipment to load willie onto a trailer hook it onto the back of glenn's truck and they're going to plan to bring him over to the marina and set him free um little do they know to stay away or stay off the main roads because they're literally trucking a goddamn whale on the back of their truck right. like they decided to go to the back roads which is the stupidest thing possible because it's seven thousand pounds it's a dirt road up a hill that they're trying to bring this whale up naturally it gets stuck these are clearly all animatronic stuff they're trying to keep the whale like hydrated or wet i'm not sure how it works with whales because i know they can breathe air but they need water to keep their skin they moist can't or stay, whatever they can't they stay can't, out yeah they they have to stay wet they can't be dry and so they're, you know, they're washing it down with a hose, but they decide to take back roads to the water. Yeah, like I was saying, because, yeah, they want to avoid the fuzz pretty much because, again, they've got a whale that they're towing. Because it's a, it is a federal you know, offense. Yeah, oh, not only a federal offense, but, yeah, dude, that also jams up some traffic, despite <laughs> even not even whatever time it is. So they wind up using the CB radio to contact Glenn to see if he'll help move them because they're stuck on this hillside. And Glenn and Annie show up, and they wind up getting them unstuck, and they wind up at this, it's basically this beachfront or whatever? Yeah, it's like, like a, a little, marina, like a, a boat marina. cove, yeah, like a little marina. Um, which, by the way, the fact that uh, the parents come blows my mind. Like, this kid has caused them nothing but pain and suffering for, like, <laughs> the past, like, few months that they've known each other. Ooh, and he stole a whale. He stole a whale! They're probably going to get divorced. There's a hole in their window. He's got their... Yeah, he stole their truck. He's... Uh, he's A litany of federal charges are coming. This marriage does not end well, I can tell you right now. So they go to the cove. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, the villains of the movie realize that the whale is not missing. It's stolen, so they're trying to find out where the whale is. And so then we got this climax of this movie. This is what the movie has been building for for an hour and 35 minutes or so. Is this moment. It's the moment you see on the VHS cover. It's on all of the promotional materials. It's the one scene you will remember from this film forever. Probably the most iconic movie scene of my childhood. Well, it's legit. It was considered one of the 100, like, cheering moments by the American Film Institute. And that's not even... This isn't considered a classic film by any means. But this scene itself is is technically, I think, 90s legendary. Legendary for this time period. Yeah, so... So there's this seawall that once they get Willie into the water, they back up the trailer, he's he's off, but they realize that there's no way to get him out into the actual ocean because uh, 
whalers or fishermen have blocked it off. Uh, and so the villains at this point think, oh, we've won. We'll just, he's going to get stuck in the nets and we've got him. Meanwhile, they're trying to like tackle uh, all of the park employees and Jesse and his parents while they're in the water, pretty much trying to drown a 14 year old. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. No, they're trying to drown a 14 year old. They're practically swinging at Ray and the mom. It gets intense. But that's where Jesse runs away. And he runs to this sort of seawall there that separates uh, the cove and the rest of the ocean. And he starts calling Willie. He's, come on, Willie. No, yeah. You got to jump it. You got to jump it. And mind you, he's whispering to a whale who doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, There's no Underwater. gesture. He doesn't really gesture other than some hand motions that, again, I don't know how the whale would even he's see. He's like putting his hand in the cove. There's no way the whale would but see. But what is weird, the audience are meant to believe is that this prayer that he learned earlier in the film from Randolph, Sanana Ayon Aesis, he whispers that under his breath, and the whale gets the cue, and he does the unthinkable. And he leaps this, I believe they say is seven feet or something like that, six it feet is, tall? I mean, when we're staring at it, it is it it looks at least seven feet tall. It is not a small wall, and it's not something that we noticed when we were younger, but when you come back and you watch Free Willy, you realize just how tall this wall is. And <laughs> my problem with it was that why wouldn't you just have him jump over the nets, which aren't even above the surface of the water? Not, not only that... This kid is adding another four is adding another five feet to this whale's feet. This uh, impossible feet. Okay, I got to jump a wall. So Wait, you're not going to get out of the way. I got to jump over your stupid ass too. Kid? It's coming close to about a twelve foot jump just to clear it. Yeah, and that's not you know landing on the other side. Oh yeah, no. You want to help me out even more, kid? You know, please raise your hand in the air so that I have to clear <laughs> that too. You fucking. Dick. All right, so maybe twelve and a half. Feet, it's cool. 12, yeah, no, thirteen feet. But again, it is a stirring emotional climax. He leaps over the kid. The kid's like, yeah, yeah. Pretty it much is, like rubbing his tummy as he goes above. It is that great nineties like celebration. Yeah. Yeah. No, I read the film's CGI budget went to this one scene, and you can tell like there are certain things you can't do with a real whale or or a puppet or animatronic so you got to get cg so it goes from cg to this animatronic or puppet like body that they come sailing over this kid's head regardless it's a cool image it's something that stuck with me throughout my childhood and into today you know it's so funny because one of the things that we were mentioning while watching this was that this movie is remarkably well put together in terms of shooting and yep. it, it, it looks really nice um, besides like a couple glaringly obvious puppets or maybe even a green screen shot here or there, it is a really well done movie until the jumping scene. The jumping scene's probably a scene that looks the worst out of... Yeah, I'd say it didn't technically stand the test of time. But you're right. It it still, it gives you chills. I, even watching that, it was just like, wow, this is still a pretty fun thing to see. And now this movie is an hour and 52 minutes long. If you were to zoom out and just look at the timeline, the plot points that set this movie in motion, it's a street urchin gets caught for tagging, you know, graffiti at a at an amusement park, is forced to it grows this friendship with this whale, breaks the whale out and gets the whale to safety. There's 
there's shockingly few moments that or, or plot points that propel the story. It's just so bare. Once he yeah. once he gets to that amusement park, it's a solid hour of just like let me teach the whale some tricks and let me be your friend. And oh, now I'm sad because my mom's still gone. There's not much happening. And there's not a lot of closure to this movie either. After Willie jumps, um, you know everybody's hugging and watching him float away. But that's it. I mean, Jesse doesn't. I assume. I assume he doesn't get charged for grand larceny, even though they all should, um, because uh, really, I mean, you'd assume that the police find out that they were trying to commit insurance fraud by killing the whale. Dude, here's my question. Do you think that their insurance covers this? Because when your car gets stolen or something, there are certain things that insurance would cover. That, no, they, they could have done them a favor. They specifically say... Uh, we don't have insurance on the whale if it gets stolen. Holy shit, no, you're right, they do. That's a line, you're right. We don't have insurance on it if it gets stolen. All right, listen, so we've got it in case it gets sick. Um, You get some insurance policy. It's not going to be enough if it dies, of course. But um, Now, we do have a clause. It's optional, and it's um, you know not used by many, but I will say that it's coming to handy in a, in a pinch. Um, would you like theft insurance on your 7,000-pound orca whale? <laughs> Who's going to steal the whale? That's ridiculous. No, no insurance. Just give it me insurance if it dies. I don't care if it gets stolen. Bring, bring. Hello? Whale was stolen. You should have bought that insurance. Fortunately, you, sir. sir, you are not covered. That's Geico for you, dude. <laughs> so, so yeah, man, that's Free Willy. 1993's Free Willy. What's your thought process, man? I'm looking back on it. Here are the positives. It's very well shot. For the most part, despite the lead character's performance. And, like, again, he's not a bad child actor. It's the fact that this character is a shit. But it's fairly well acted. The animatronics aren't terrible. I will say that there are a few shots in here that it's so glaring that it's almost funny. We burst out laughing at a few parts of this movie. But I will say, for the most part, this it's it's fairly seamless in its transition from you know certain shots to real whale to fake whale. And so it, what I will say is you believe that it's a whale and it doesn't take you out of the movie. I was never taken out of the movie. Well, here, here are my final thoughts kind of regarding this entire movie. Coming back and watching it, and again, this is one of my favorite movies from when I was a child, but coming back and watching it and seeing now, I'm taken aback by how bare bones it was in terms of actual content in this movie. That said, remarkably well done. You know, besides being kind of bare, not a terrible plot. It kind of seems like that movie where they were like, hey, we have access to the whale. Let's make a movie. For sure. Like, okay, let's build it Um, around a whale, which is cool because I love orca whales did as a kid. And I do now. But I I will admit um, for a movie that's based around a whale and a child actor, I was shocked at how much I think this movie still holds up. I was going to say, I, I truly do think this movie holds up. At a, and I'm actually kind of shocked at the IMDb score of, of only a 5.9. Mm-hmm. I feel like this movie, Small Soldiers had a 6.1. This is by far a better film than Way Small Soldiers. Way better than Small Soldiers. Well, On every level. Well, why don't we just get into it then? Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score, what did you say? So it was a 57%. Okay, what would you give it? Honestly, dude, I think this this... This might get my highest rating so far. I believe I give Independence Day a 60. I'm going to give this one a 65. It's not it's not a great movie and it's not I think a movie that if you watch for the first time today you'll get as much as, you know, people who grew up with it, but it's a solid family film, and I think it holds up for the most part. Absolutely, and I'm, I think I'm going to agree with you. Um, this is the first time I think I've ever given a movie higher than its Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah. Um, I'll say a 65, too, because I think I would abs- – if I had a family, I'd take my, my kids to go see Free Willy, and they'd love it, and I wouldn't be – 
I wouldn't feel like I lost the day watching it. Mm -hmm. So uh, remarkably well done. I I still like Free Willy. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, without the final song, this movie gets a 55. Oh, 100%. With the final song, which we have yet to really mention, it's called Will You Be There. It won the MTV Movie Award for Best Song that year, deservedly so. I don't know why it was not nominated for an Oscar, but it should have been. It's Michael Jackson's Will You Be There. It is a phenomenal song. We're fighting the urge just to play the entire song for the remainder of this podcast. Probably not, but stay tuned. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's an incredible song. And, again, we close on these beautiful nature shots again. Some of them are reused from the beginning, but I don't care. It's one of the few movies that I always will sit to through the end of the credits uh, every single time because I love the song. Hold me like you were my mother. Will you be there? Beautiful song. Man, it's good. I listened to it on Spotify for days after we watched it. Dude, this you've movie. got to. You've got to. Uh, the sequels, I've only seen the second and the third one. The third one I had on VHS. Of course, I had the first one. Uh, we watched it on Blu-ray. We did. Holds up. Not, not, not a bad transfer. No, I thought it looks good. I it, Like I said, remarkably good-looking movie, minus a few bad CGI and puppet shots. Now, I wonder, because the end of this film, there's a call to action, like, you know, donate to save these whales that are in captivity. I wonder if they, the movie was finished and they were like, you know what? <laughs> we should probably add this message in because it kind of seems like we're calling the kettle black by also, like, you know showing you the whole movie about a whale in captivity well and so uh this is kind of a good way to sort of wrap everything up there is a little bit of a sour note to free willy um kiko the whale so it was brought uh after the movie was released it brought the living conditions of the star orca keiko to the world's attention uh, his tank was too small, it was too warm, too much chlorination, artificial salt, all this shit. So Kiko, unfortunately, suffered a weakened immune system, a skin condition, which actually, if you notice, when he rolls over, there's that weird, like, bumpy stuff all over yeah, his, his fins. Right, right where his fin meets the rest of his body, it's bumpy, it looks kind of gross. Um, these are actual conditions, the whale's fin, usually in, the, in nature, they point straight up, they explain this in the movie, too, yep. um, they point straight up when they're out in nature but when they're in captivity their fin curls back down and uh I, they don't explain why precisely in the movie but i'd have to imagine it's kind of a depressing uh, depression thing dude it's super sad and if you haven't seen the movie blackfish you really should it's a documentary that really sheds a light on this issue i don't want to get bring it down too much but unfortunately uh in 2002 keiko was released into the wild after spending 22 years in captivity he lived unfortunately less than a couple years outside and wound up dying but i think and this is something i kind of wanted to bring up too do you think that now in sort of a post-Blackfish uh, era of movie making, uh, Free Willy even gets made. No. I say that Free Willy could not exist today in the same... If, if it did exist today, the sole purpose of the movie would be to free the whale because it's wrong to have whales in captivity, not this like back note that this movie kind of pushes that to. Because the only reason he frees the whales is because, oh, he's going to die because the, uh, you know, the, the water in the tank's going to... Kill him. I also think it probably uh, doesn't get made with a real whale. It's probably all CGI and animatronics. For sure, all CGI. And, and, and on a positive note, after the release of this film, millions of moviegoers called the number that was shown at the end of the movie. They donated $20 million to this uh, Save the Whales Foundation. Fantastic. So a happy ending altogether. Um, 
and a good movie. I enjoyed it. All right, man. So moving on to next week, we're moving to the year 1995 for a little Batman Forever. Oh, yes. Batman Forever. Val Kilmer, uh, Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones. <sighs> Chris O'Donnell's whiny Robin. Oh, Chris O'Donnell. He is, oh, man. Again, another 90s protagonist that we, I don't want. <laughs> this is This is going to be a fun one. Um, really looking forward to doing it. Happy with this week's episode. Uh, we want to thank everybody one more time for listening and subscribing. We're going to get a Twitter or a Facebook page up soon, I think. As well as an email account so you can send some suggestions for movies you want us to do in the future. Yeah, as of right now, you can leave us a comment on Facebook if there's any movies that you want to uh, want us to tackle. And uh, we've got some movies in mind that we think are going to be... Hold on, I'm getting a phone call. Hello? You have to take this right now. Don't, so. Stop. Yeah? It's a podcast. It's... Oh, I see. Your mood changed. Yeah, okay. All right. What? <sighs> All right, bye. <clears throat> uh, that was our lawyer. Um, it turns out that the network has dropped us once again. And wow. we'll be resuming their lawsuit. I am shocked. You think you have the loyalty and the friendship of some people. You, you, do a couple, you do a couple favors for people that you're not proud of, and they... They, they they bring you back on the network, and they drop you before you even re- finish recording the show. Anyway, this is a real dark note to leave you guys on, and I'll, I apologize. Well, we're going to leave you with this great song from Michael Jackson. Oh, yes, you're Willy. welcome, though. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for freeing Willie with us. Thanks for freeing Willie, and you have yourself quite a good day. Hey! hey. hey. hey.